Welcome to Today in the Word with Pastor Bob Larson of Calvary Chapel Caldwell. Pastor Bob will be with us in just a few minutes, but first we'd like to let you know that Calvary Chapel is located on the corner of 10th and Everett, across from the library in downtown Caldwell. We have two Sunday morning services at 9.30 and 11.30. If you prefer Saturday nights, we have a Saturday night service at 7 p.m. We also have a midweek service Wednesday night at 7 p.m. You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on ABC Channel 6.1. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services, where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truths in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. We're in chapter 8. If you're new here, we're going through the Bible, and uh, we happen to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 if this is your first time here, and so uh, it happens to be about giving. So if you're like, I knew it, I'm coming to church, and it's about giving. Well, you'll have to wait 10 years to see it again. So uh, good that you're here. So with that, let's pray and we'll get started. Lord, we thank you uh, for your word. And we thank you, Lord, for the balance that it gives us as we go through it verse by verse, chapter by chapter. And uh, we're so thankful, Lord, that you help us to understand how to live life the way you've designed it. And so we thank you so much for this time and we pray that you pour out your spirit on us. Give us ears to hear what you would speak to us tonight through your word. And Lord, that we would put it into practice, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, the church in Jerusalem uh, was having financial troubles at this time. The early church, you know, uh, when it got going, they had uh, 3,000 people get saved in one day. uh, And I don't know uh, how they were managing that, but uh, they had some financial problems. So the Apostle Paul thought this is a great opportunity for the Gentile believers to help the Jewish believers in Jerusalem. So all those that were out around the, whereas Paul was going out on his missionary journeys. And so he was taking up an offering from the Gentiles. Now, those of you who don't know, Gentiles were non-Jews. So there were the Jews and then everybody else is Gentiles. And so he's taking up an offering to bring to Jerusalem to give to help the Jewish believers in Jerusalem. And uh, he's going around Macedonia and uh, he's, uh, you know, collecting. And so when, when Paul was in Corinth, uh, he talked to them and said, hey, do you guys want to, you know, give financially to help this church? And this was about a year before chapter 8 where we're at. And they said, yeah, we want to do it. Now, nothing has happened. And so now, uh, as we're going to read in Second Corinthians chapter 8 and 9, he's going to talk about putting it, uh, their, you know, words into action. And, and really, this is the longest section in the New Testament about giving. But it gives us some insight, uh, I believe, that God wants us to understand about how God sees giving and about how we should see giving. Because I would venture to say that a lot of Christians view giving from TV preachers, right? I mean, you see all kinds of weirdness, and, and I don't want to, uh, you know, uh, try to understand it. But anyway, we're going to look at what God's Word has to say. Let's pick it up in verse 1. It says, Moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God and bestow on the ch- churches of Macedonia. So uh, Macedonia was northern Greece, and that those were... Philippi, Thessalonica, Berea, those churches, and uh, they were kind of poor churches. And then Achaia is southern Greece, and that was very wealthy. Corinth was a very wealthy town. And so he says in verse 2, that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality. So Paul's saying that these churches in Macedonia, they were kind of poorer churches, and they were going through some trials, but even in their poverty, they wanted to give and help. And, and what Paul's saying is that their giving produces a joyful heart. And uh, those of you who are students of the Bible know that uh, the book of Philippians that was written to that church in Philippi is known as the epistle of joy. And, and so the truth is, and one of the most important principles that 
uh, you can understand biblically is that giving produces joy. The Bible teaches selfishness produces sadness, and giving produces joy. Uh, Jesus said in Acts 20, verse 35, it's more blessed to give than to receive. And now this kind of goes against American culture. You know, our culture kind of teaches get more for yourself, and the, and the more junk you have, the more storage units you have, the better off you are. But we all know that's not true, right? I mean, look at how many storage units we have all across America. And, uh, you know, uh, my wife and I some years ago sold a house. We were moving to another house. So we were in an apartment for a couple years, and we had put our stuff in storage while we were wil- waiting to move into our other house. And, uh, you know, I'm going through the storage unit. I'm asking the guy that works there. I said, how long you worked there? I don't know what he said, 20 years. And I said, so how long do people leave their stuff in here, like for a week or a month? Or what, what's the general amount of time? And he said, oh, we have people that have stuff in here for 10, 15 years. I'm like, what do they do with these? Like, they're just storing it here. I'm like, they don't take it? No, they just leave it here. I'm like, yeah. How much joy can that bring to just put junk in storage and sit at home and go, I have stuff in storage. Anyway, so, all right, I mean, Jesus is saying it isn't about hoarding, it's about giving, right? So in verse 3, he goes on to say, for I bear witness that according to their ability, yes, and beyond their ability, they were freely willing. So uh, those Christians... Uh, they freely gave. They were willing to give. And even says beyond their ability. And what does that mean? Well, it means that they gave sacrificially, right? And, and I think it's important for us to understand that Jesus taught that when God looks at any person who is giving to the kingdom of God, to the work of the kingdom of God, that God looks at it based on how much it costs us, right? If you're a billionaire and you come to church and you give a $100 bill, well, God sees it as such, right? Jesus said in Mark 12, said, Jesus said opposite the treasury, and saw how the people put money into the treasury. And many were rich, uh, put in much. Then one poor widow came and threw in two mites, which makes a quadrant. So he called his disciples to himself and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all these have given to the treasury. For they all put out of their abundance, but she put out of her poverty, put in all that she had her whole livelihood. And so Jesus was saying, look, God looks at, what it costs you to give, right? So uh, I, I read a quote from D.L. Moody who said, I can tell more about the spirituality of a man by looking at his checkbook than I can by looking at his prayer book. And, and that is true, right? When you think about someone's spiritual maturity, uh, it's not about what they say because talk is cheap, right? I can say that I can beat Michael Jordan and LeBron James in basketball. But you all know it's not true, right? So, right, I mean, people could say anything. But the truth is, it's like putting it in action. And so in verse 4, he says, imploring us with much urgency that we would receive the gift and the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. And so the implication is that the Apostle Paul felt bad about receiving this offering from those Christians who were financially hurting, and yet they wanted to give. And now he's going to talk to the Corinthians who had a lot more money, and uh, he's saying he's going to talk to them about you know, hey, you guys said you wanted to give. These people gave, and they have less than you. Verse 5, and not only as we hope, had hoped, but they first gave themselves to the Lord and then to us by the will of God. So they first gave themselves to the Lord. That's the first step in becoming a generous giver and experiencing the joy that comes from giving. You have to first have a personal relationship with God to experience that, right? It starts by giving myself to the Lord. And really, it's about surrendering all that you are to the Lord you know, not just your life, but your talents, your abilities, your finances, everything that you have to say, Lord, I surrender 
all that I am, all that I have. And really, that's what Jesus said is required to be a disciple in Luke 9, 23. He said to them all, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. And so when Jesus says, take up your cross, he's talking about surrendering your life to the Lord and, and everything that you are, right? And, and some Christians, uh, you know, kind of get that confused where he, they think that Jesus is saying, uh, I want you to give me a half an, an hour on Sunday morning, and then the rest of the week, it's all yours. Do what you want, terrorize the world, live like a hellion, but as long as you come to church for one hour on Sunday, that's not what he's saying. He's saying, surrender your life, all that you are, right? The Apostle Paul phrased it like this in Galatians 2, 20, where he said, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So when you think about surrendering your life completely to God, what is he going to do with you? Well, we know what he's going to do with you. He wants to teach you how to love people like he does, right? And, and in John 13, Jesus said, A new commandment I have given to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another, and by this all will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. So we know that when you surrender to the Lord, he's not going to make you weird. He's not going to make you do weird things, but he's going he's to teach you how to love people like he loves us. And so uh, it is so great to surrender to the Lord. And, and, you know, for many Christians, they struggle with that idea of surrendering everything to the Lord. Well, God, I got this vision, and I want to do this, and I have this hope and this dream, and if I surrender it to God, what's he going to do to me? He's going to make you love people. He's going to teach you how to love people and forgive people and be a generous, kind, loving, faithful, reliable. You know, all those things we talked about on Sunday, right? And you think, well, what's that going to do to me? Well, just give you the best life any person could live. That's what it's going to do, right? Because when people go it their own way, and they're just selfish and self-centered and me first and me, 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 and I want this and I want that, what does that produce? It just produces emptiness because it never fills the void. I mean, can you remember when you got your first iPhone or your first flat screen TV? You thought, oh, this thing's so cool. And then you went to your friend's house. Well, what size is yours? You know, uh, oh, mine's 10 inches bigger, ah, right? And it's just, or whatever your phone is. Uh, I mean, you know, people are like, uh, yes, a teenager, what kind of phone they got? And they're like, well, it's a, you know, whatever. What number are we on now, 14, 15? I got an iPhone 10. Like, ah, oh, the crosses we have to bear in America. <laughs> I mean, it's like, I just have an iPhone 10. I don't have a 14, right? I mean, it's just, so our concept, you know, is so different than the Lord's as it relates to, what he wants to do in our lives, right? So verse 6, he says, So we urged Titus that as he had begun, so he would also complete this grace in you all. So he's talking about completing the, they were going to say they were going to give to help in Jerusalem, the church in Jerusalem. But, but as you abound in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in diligence, and in your love for us, see that you abound in this grace also. So Paul's saying, uh, you know, you church in Corinth, you, you abound in everything, faith, speech, knowledge, all these things, but also you need to abound in the grace of giving. And uh, I think, uh, you know, for many, that is a real struggle. You know, and I remember as a young Christian uh, coming to church and hearing about, you know, tithing and giving to the Lord, and I remember thinking, whoa, uh, I don't know about this. Because I kind of had this view that the church was a bunch of weird people led by a really weird leader called the pastor, <laughs> and I just thought they were all weird and they gave their money because they were all idiots, and they just had no clue about life, and somehow they got trapped in this church, and they can't get out. And, uh, and, and, but then when I got saved and I realized there's no trap here, 
you can leave and go back to your idiotic life before Jesus at any moment, right? And some people do, right? But, but I realize, ah, people go to church, and there are more Christians than any other religion in the world. There are billions of Christians. Why? Because it produces, right, what people are looking for, a life of joy and peace and love. And so Paul's saying, you guys have all this stuff, but you, haven't, you don't have that grace of giving, right? So he says in verse 8, I speak not as a commandment, but I am testing the sincerity of your love by the diligence of others. And so Paul's saying, I'm not commanding you to give financially, but it really is a test of your sincerity of your love. We're going to stop there because we're out of time. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. We'd like to share with you a couple of things that are going on here at Calvary Chapel. Calvary Chapel Caldwell would like to invite you to our Community Christmas Eve services on Sunday, December 24th at 5 p.m. and 7 p.m. This is a great way to celebrate the birth of Christ. Festivities will include the singing of Christmas carols with a contemporary feel and a message from Pastor Bob Larson. For more information, visit us at our website at calvarycaldwell.com. Like us on Facebook, and may the Lord bless you. Calvary Chapel Caldwell would like to invite you to our Saturday night service at 7 p.m. This is an alternative for those who cannot make it to our Sunday morning services. Like us on Facebook at Calvary Chapel Caldwell or check out our website at calvarycaldwell.com. You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. on the CW channel 2.2. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truth in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. If you would like a copy of Pastor Bob's message today in its entirety, you can call us at 208-453-9653 during the hours of 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. If you're not currently attending a church and are in the Caldwell area, we'd like to invite you to one of our services. We're located on the corner of 10th and Everett, right across from the library in downtown Caldwell. You can also visit us on the web at calvarycaldwell.com. If Today in the Word is ministered to you and you would like to support this radio outreach ministry, we encourage you to pray for us. You can also partner with us financially. Simply visit calvarycaldwell.com to make a donation. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. May the Lord bless you, and may you have a great day. Today is the day.